with us. Thanks be to God. Read the wine. May God bless the reading for today. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. And thank you, Christina, for coming to support your father. That was really nice. He needs all the support he can get. We all do. She was cheering him on. <laughs> Good daughter. Okay, I'd like to begin showing you again the bulletin cover. This is um, a piece of art done by Midori Shibata. She's the pa uh, pastor's wife in Hokkaido, and I've met her before, and she does these wonderful graphics, Christian graphics. Actually, if you turn around and look at that banner of Kibo, Hope Anu, that's actually a kanji, and she did that banner well, she did, she did the kanji for that banner. She didn't make the banner. I don't know. Kikuko-san probably helped make the banner with some other women at the church a long time ago. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And if you look carefully at this, you can see a cross in the middle. See? There's a cross. Yes. So this reminds you that um, Jesus is, part, is the vine and we are the branches. Now, God is the vine grower the gardener, and God removes any branches that don't bear fruit. Oh, take, I shouldn't use this mic, sorry, I'm getting confused. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Shimon. So every branch that does not bear fruit, God prunes to make it bear more fruit. The passage of the true vine opens with one of the seven I am sayings, and some of these are very well known to you. I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the gate for the sheep, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I am the true vine. I am the vine is the seventh and the last of the I am sayings. Symbolically in scripture, seven is the number of fullness, perfection, and completion. In today's scripture, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. You can see some grapes on the vine, and I've also put some grapes on the altar here this morning. The vine was one of the typical plants of Israel, and a metaphor representing peace and prosperity. Micah 4, verse 4, has a verse, every person under the vine and fig tree, will live in peace and be unafraid. There's also a Christian song with a, it's actually a Hebrew song and became a Christian song that I used to sing as a child about everyone neath the vine and fig tree will remain in peace and unafraid. In the Old Testament, the vineyard is often used to identify Israel herself and referred to by the prophets as my vineyard. You can find that in Isaiah. In the song of the vineyard, the vineyard is the house of Israel that yields the only bad fruit of injustice and oppression. But in day of the Messiah, this vineyard, this vineyard will flourish. Listen to these words from Isaiah 27. In that day, sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night, so that no one may harm it. It's a wonderful image of God 
protecting and nourishing us. The Psalms, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hosea, and Micah all use the figure of Israel as the Lord's vineyard. Jesus himself carried on this identification of Israel as God's vineyard in his parable of the tenants, which you can find in Matthew and Mark and Luke, and the parable of the workers in the vineyard, which you can find in Matthew. In the Old Testament and in the Psalms and in Isaiah, you can find, again, an example of the vineyard. The people were said to be like a vine that God planted with great tenderness on the hills of Palestine. But the vine does not correspond to what God expected. Instead of producing good grapes, it produces sour fruit. Jesus is the new vine, the true vine. In one phrase alone, he gives us the comparison. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he cuts away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes to make it bear even more. Jesus is the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser, the one who tenderly cares for the vine. At the Kagawa Center, we have a grapevine, and this is what it looks like. And you can see we protected it with some bags over the grapes here. And this is out on the fourth floor next to the Tengokia Cafe, the Heavens Cafe. We're also growing green onions, shiso, tomatoes, lettuce, and some herbs. And the cafe uses these organic plants that they are growing here for the lunches that we have that we serve on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. Now, the Kagawa Center's Tengokia Cafe is a mission partner with Kobe Union Church. We have some members here who are volunteers. We also um, support financially the programs that the um, cafe is doing, the ministry there. And so I hope someday you can join me for lunch sometime. Just let me know ahead of time, because I'm not going there every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, but I'm, I am often there. And you can get the menu in the church foyer if you're interested. But these plants, these grapevine, they have to be pruned back each year. Now, I don't do the pruning, but we have another pastor there named Kyoko Kamiuchi, and she does the pruning. And she has to prune a lot away. I was surprised with how much she had to do, but you have to cut all the way back to the trunk. And if you don't do that, it won't produce any fruit. But if you do do that, then you'll have healthy wonderful fruit for the next year. Now in this sermon today, I'll be talking about pruning our own lives and Jesus as the vine who gives us nourishment and also how we, the branches, how we're connected, how we're connected to the vine. Have you ever been pruned? Now I'm not asking if you look like a prune, but if you've ever been pruned, pruned by God. Well, I have. I have throughout my whole life. And what sort of things do we need to be pruned from in our lives? Well, all kinds of things. All th kinds of things that we carry around with us. Maybe the kinds of untruths that we tell ourselves, the lies that we have in our heads that are not true or that we hold on to in our hearts that we hang on to and we shouldn't. We should let them go.
And it can be anything. It can be big or small. But it's what keeps us from God. And God will prune if we ask him to. God will prune what keeps us from growing. I'll give just a small example. When I was growing up, I was a very timid and quiet child. Now you're all shaking your heads. That no, you think, no, that's not true. But I was shy. I was kind of like Kwame over there, very shy. <laughs> I rarely raised my hand, asked questions in school. And I didn't like to talk in front of people, kind of like Kwame back there. Although I attended church and Sunday school and later on youth group, you know, I was very much an introvert. I didn't talk a whole lot. And I was worried what others might think of me. So if you keep quiet, you know, you don't have to worry what others think about you. They, you're just very quiet. No one knows what you're thinking. But in 1976, something happened. I became an exchange student, an international Christian youth exchange student, and I came to Japan. This is at the age of 17, 1976. And I was very afraid to come here. This is my first time to come abroad, my first time to get a passport. But I went to a new country, and I went to a town called Minami Urawa in Saitama-ken. And I lived there for a year. My host mother didn't speak a word of English, but my host sister knew a little bit of English, so I was able to communicate with her. But I was in the spotlight a lot. And back then, it seemed that there weren't too many gaijin around. You know, people were always coming up to me. And if I went somewhere, a group of maybe um, junior high or high school students would have their cameras on a field trip, and then they'd want to come up and take a picture of me or a picture with me. Some of you that are older gaijin, you might remember those days. Now we're not so unusual anymore. We're not a novelty. But back then, I stood out, especially in that little town. But I learned to gain confidence because people were always asking me questions. They were talk asking me about America. They were asking me about Christianity. I had to gain more and more confidence. And so this was the way God helped me to grow. God pruned away my lack of self-confidence and helped me to gain confidence. So if you feel you're not worthy or if there's, this is something that you can have pruned away from your life, um, you can pray to God. God will help train you. And we're all worthy. We're all worthy in the eyes of God. Just remember that. We are all worried. Amen? Amen. Here are slides of some words in Greek. Uh, prune is kathairo, and cleanse is katharo. And it's related to the word catharsis which is purge, purify, release. The Greek word for prune, kathairo, is related to the word for cleanse, katharo. And it's related to the English word for purity, purify, and release. See, catharsis. And we can all use a little spring catharsis, a little spring pruning, a little spring cleaning, cleaning out some areas of our lives. Sometimes the church needs to clean up and prune as well in order to grow. And Kobe Union Church can think about where we should prune and where we should grow, and perhaps this will be some of what we talk about in our follow-up discussion today. And this is something we don't decide alone. 
we decide together as the body of Christ. And today I'd like to talk a bit more, though, about how we'll be pruning our lives. And later we can reflect on the church's pruning. So what can we prune from our lives? Maybe it's obsessive worrying, it's negativity, gossip, anger, rebellion, lack of listening, lack of direction, maybe lack of confidence, arrogance, or maybe it's an addiction to something. People have addictions to all kinds of things, not only to drugs or alcohol, but to social media, to video games. You know yourself what it might be. And this is where God's pruning shears can help you, that can help free you, because anything like that keeps you, prevents you from growing closer to Christ. So let us look during our prayers what we need to be pruned away by God. And by doing so, you can show the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The kind of fruit that should be evident in our lives is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. This is found in Galatians. Again, we can't do it alone. We need the connection to the vine of life, which is Jesus Christ. Last week, we had a sermon by Tabuchi-sensei, and copies are in the foyer. If you were not here, or if you want the church office, we can send you a copy later. But it was called Building the Church, and he talked about different kinds of love, and he also talked about the parts of the body. So we, all of us here, we're the body of Christ. We cannot stand alone. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. We cannot grow alone. We are many branches that are connected to the vine of Jesus Christ. We're connected to Jesus when we come here to worship and when we hear his word. And when we read it and study God's word, God's word offers us strength in the face of new situations. We're connected to Jesus when we pray when we pray with and we pray for one another. We're connected to the vine and receive nourishment anytime we pray. That is when we receive nourishment, through our prayers. We are joined to Jesus when we receive his body and blood in Holy Communion. And it's important to note that the words of the vine and the branches are found in the words of the Last Supper discourse of Jesus from chapters in John chapters 13 to 17. And the fruit of the vine is what we partake of when we have communion. We are joined to Jesus at our baptism. You might say, when the water of baptism was poured over us, we were grafted to the vine, to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. We were intimately connected to him, his death and resurrection and receive for him all that we need, all that we need to sustain our lives. Our faith is strengthened as we are nourished through God's word and sacrament. The Holy Spirit works through these and enables our life in Christ to grow, to be made stronger, 
and to keep us close to God even when things don't seem to be going well. We're connected to the true vine, Jesus, the source of life. The translators of the New Testament have used various words to describe this connection. Whether we talk about abiding, remaining, or being joined, one thing is clear. Being connected to Christ is crucial. When Jesus proclaims, I am the true vine, he is teaching that the believer is carried in the life of God. The believer is not alone, reliant on his or her own undependable strengths. Who here likes to garden? I know that some of you do. Yes? Just raise your hands. A number of you. Yes. When you plant something, like a cucumber plant, you expect to have a crop of cucumbers. From the grapevine, we expect a crop of juicy grapes. And so it is with us. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and from the branches, Jesus says, he expects to find fruit. To be joined to Christ, to be a branch that is grafted into the vine, Jesus means to bear fruit. The fruit we bear shows itself in very practical ways. If you are joined by Christ, you cannot look the other way when other people are in need. If you are joined to Christ, you don't avoid people that don't think like you. As a branch attached to Christ, we don't hold back our forgiveness. We try to be understanding and helpful. We want to be encouraging instead of being negative and critical. Being connected to Jesus means that you will seek reconciliation instead of adding fuel to disharmony. It means showing love and patience to those to whom you don't think deserve it. In other words, being joined to Jesus has practical implications for the way we live our everyday lives. He wants and offers connectivity relationship, and intimacy. Fruit, or the lack thereof, is a manifestation of our interior life and health. It describes and reveals whether we are living connected or living disconnected lives. To abide, or as our translation for today says, to remain in Jesus is to realize that there are other branches that are just as important and necessary to God's vineyard as we are. It is to realize that we need each other, not to satisfy ourselves, but to save ourselves from becoming disconnected branches. Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor tells a story about a desert elder who lived by himself and wanted to become more receptive to God. Now this is a parable. This is a story. So this desert elder, he decided to fast, eating only once a week for 70 weeks. When he was nothing but skin and bones, he asked God to enlighten him about the meaning of a certain biblical passage. But God refused. The elder, who was clearly disappointed that his fast hadn't brought about the desired effect, decided to visit one of his brothers 
and ask him what the passage meant. As soon as he closed the door to his cell, an angel of God appeared, and the angel said this, Your 70-week fast did nothing to bring you one step closer to God, but now that you have humbled yourself to go to your brother and connect to him, God has sent me to reveal the meaning of this passage. Now this story, this parable, is not saying that fasting is wrong. You miss the point if you think that's the moral of the story. And I know many people at Kobe Union Church do pray and fast. But this is a parable about being disconnected and self-absorbed. The main barrier to living a life of meaning is being self-absorbed. Because we are connected to one another. And we, as Christians, are connected to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the true vine. What shall we do to keep or restore our connection? What, we, what shall we do at Kobe Union Church to draw closer to the vine and to the vine grower? What role can our church play in helping folks become more connected to each other, more connected in authentic and life-supporting ways? Now, these are questions for us to think about and to ponder and also to pray about. Jesus' words, apart from me, you can do nothing. His words aren't as exclusive as they might sound. He is speaking to the disciples who have been trying to follow him. His words are a caution to the church that would try to operate without calling upon his presence. The church. The church is a living thing. Both our means of connecting with each other, but also our way of staying connected to the stories, struggles, history, and promises of our faith. And not just here, but out in the community, in our neighborhood, in Kobe, and around the world. Sometimes when we think about the life of faith, we think about it in something that's strictly personal. But the church and our faith has always been communal at heart. We are like living branches, reaching out into the world, but staying connected to Jesus and to each other through our actions of sustained attention and love. I am the vine, you are the branches. When Jesus urges us to abide in him, and by extension, in community, with a bunch of other living branches that we did not choose, it is because he desires for God's love to be made stronger within us. He is the vine, we are the branches. Let us pray that we, at Kobe Union Church, choose to stay connected and that we may truly understand what it is that Christ has in store for us. Let us pray. Dear God, make us all fruit-bearing branches. We pray we will not be distressed in the heat of a drought or hardships because we are connected to the life-giving vine and to the water of life, which is Jesus Christ. 
Guide us with your Holy Spirit on how we can be connected to one another as your people. For we live in Christ and we will never die. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.